in going into a situation, you know, just when you think you've got something figured out from a past experience, uh, really means almost nothing. Don't ever drink the Kool-Aid of how awesome I think I might be, because really, I'm not. Many a young soldier has joined the military looking for a spot in the special forces to do some extra cool stuff. Joining us today is Merrick. We're just using first names for operational security reasons or OPSEC reasons. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his experiences and uh, what it takes to be a soldier in Kansofcom. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. So tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I've uh, I, I've been in the uh, the Canadian Armed Forces for 22 years now. Almost 15 of those have been in Kansas. I'm a Western boy, born and raised in Edmonton. Was living in Calgary when I decided, uh, hey, now's the time. I walk into a recruiting center and and uh, and sign my name down on the piece of paper. Uh, but you know, came out out west, uh, joined the military. I joined as a combat engineer and spent uh, you know seven awesome years with the combat engineers uh, before joining uh, Kansoff. What rank were you when you joined Kansoff? So uh, I was a brand new master corporal and I, you know what, I remember it almost like it was yesterday. I was on parade on a Wednesday, promoted to master corporal, and then I started, uh, I started my journey with Kansoff on the Sunday. So I, I entered soft brand new. Full leadership, right in. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, this comes up from time to time just in casual conversation. Uh, did that affect your rank and your promotion structure when you got in after, like, you're a master corporal and then in you go? Did, how did that change things for you? I'll tell you, you know, as far as, you know, junior leadership goes, it was a, it was a quick learning curve. You know, going through uh, all the phases of, of the selection and course and then getting into the regiment, it was tough because I'm learning a new way to operate, a new way to soldier. And so doing that as a new junior leader, it was challenging at times, but I was able to, I think, quickly get my feet under me and carry on. Uh, almost immediately, finishing course, I was on deployment. I was a debt to IC, and I did that for about a year, year and a half, and then I became a debt commander and, and, uh, and carried on. So it's kind of a running joke almost in a lot of different places that, you know, kid walks into a recruiting center, I want to be special forces, that's why I want to be in the military. I understand that Kansas is considered at least, you know, doing the off the street recruiting thing and all of that stuff. But like, what does it take in terms of soft skills, maybe like you as a person, what does it take to be a good Kansas soldier? Well, I think there's a couple of different aspects to that. I mean, certainly if, you know, guys and gals are looking to come in as an assaulter operator, there's a lot of aspects to that. Uh, mature, uh, self-starter, work great in small team environments can think really fast and are, are a quick learner. And certainly fitness is a huge aspect to that. But we've got another another side to that, and that's you know, our supporter specialists. Uh, and without our supporters and our specialists that, that really outnumber assaulter operators within Kansas, we just cannot do the tasks that we're asked to do. And so they're critically important. And so what we're looking for when we're, we're talking about our, our supporters or our specialists that come in is those people that, again, are, are mature, that are motivated, and we're looking for their talent, the talent that they're going to bring, just really dependent on what field that they're coming from, but that talent and experience that they're bringing, you know, to be able to be a part of the Kansas team. So you're talking about the different trades and the different supporters that work within Kansas. What's in demand right now? Like, what do you guys need to get the job done? So we've got over 90 different trades employed within Kansas, and they're all critical and they're all important to mission success and operational success. 
What we're really looking for is, you know, intops, intelligence operators. We're looking for med techs, uh, and we're really looking for signalers. Cyber, cyber is such a big, uh, a big thing nowadays, and so we're looking for those type of specialists to bring that experience and that expertise into the command, be part of the team, for us to be able to be successful uh, on operations. Earlier on, you were saying how you're in the engineers and then you made the move to CANSOF and you spent a certain amount of time in uh, the Army and now here you are. What can somebody expect if they're going to become a member of CANSOF? Are they going to stay there forever or is it kind of a move back and forth? How does that work? So certainly, if you're coming in as an assaulter operator, the expectation is you're going to stay in CANSOF for the duration of your career. Supporters, it's not so simple. So supporters will come in and then they'll go back to the CAF or they may come in go back to the CAF and then come back. And the expectation is that when we bring in uh, supporters into CANSOF, you know, as they go through their careers, there's, there's the opportunities back in the CAF that they're going to have to do. But the expectation is we want them back in, in CANSOF at some point because they bring that CANSOF experience. But not only that, they bring that CAF experience back with them as well. And that just strengthens the, uh, the command. It's interesting you say that because if you look at Early in my career, particularly, you know, as a corporal or whatever, there was a lot of sensitivity around troops going off to Kansas, draining the battalions of the best and brightest. But at the same time, like you said, if people are cycling through, then it gives them an opportunity to do that kind of learn something new. You know, I mean, even I've heard it said in the past that moving around, right, is what gives you strength because you have that extra knowledge of all these different fields. And now you're coming back and you're bringing that knowledge back. Of course. Yeah. And look, it's it is closely collaborated between Kansoff and all the other elements and the career progression of, of our supporters, you know, officer side and on the NCM side it is closely collaborated to make sure that it, it makes sense and it's good for the members and it's good for the organizations, both CAF and Kansoff. So changing subject a little bit. So we're talking a lot about, let's call it the big picture stuff, but I'm sure there's, there's some private corporals out there listening to this and like, tell us about the cool stuff. So what, <laughs> of course. you know, why is Kansoff awesome? What's what's so great about it? Well, look, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, I've I've been in Kansoff for almost 15 years, and although I have some really awesome memories and experiences being a combat engineer, three deployments with the combat engineers, uh, I was a combat diver. Uh, I even dabbled a little bit in uh, IED disposal, and that was fantastic. But I'll tell you, my time in Kansoff has been absolutely amazing. But with Kansoff, I've done multiple tours to Afghanistan. I've done small team missions to the Caribbean, other parts of the Middle East, North Africa. Uh, recently, uh, I did a mission in Iraq. So I've had all of these wild operational experiences. But really at the heart of it, it's the men and women that I work alongside with at Kansoff. Just the caliber of people that I get to work with day in and, and day out. And of course, the icing on top is these experience, whether that's in the training environment or in the operational environment. And more rounds downrange probably, I would guess. Absolutely. I don't think it's any secret that, that we get to, <laughs> you know, as far as, as training goes, we get to do maybe a little bit more. Uh, you know, look, it's required for us to be able to do what, what we're supposed to do. So I've been to Afghanistan as an infantry soldier. You know, there's a lot going on. What does a soft deployment look like in comparison to something like that? Realistically, it's, it's not any different than a conventional uh, deployment. You know, we're all part of the joint force and Kansoff has a small part to play in that, you know, that greater joint force. We all have a piece. But, you know, you ask if the deployments are different. They're really not. There, there's a job to do and you do it. 
did you have a good story, something that you got to do that was pretty interesting? A lot of the things that we do uh, downrange is capacity building. So, you know, linking up with host nation forces and building their capacity, all pre-conflict. Gaining that understanding on the ground in these, these different places that we're tasked to do that, making the relationships and strengthening the host nation forces. Those are the type of things that we do. And, you know, I just, I want to say that that requires a really diverse group of people to do that. I go back to, we're looking for, really looking for intops and SIGs and, and cyber, as well as med techs. You know, we're, we're looking for diversity in, in thought, diversity in experiences, because, you know, let's face it, look, all those places that I've listed that I've been to, they're fairly diverse themselves. And so to have that diversity in our teams really creates a stronger team that, that we can do that, that capacity building downrange. So here's a random question, actually, is with that kind of experience that you've had, I would hazard a guess with the knowledge that I have of Kansas is probably you get more deployments than maybe your average soldier in the regular army. Can you tell us maybe a thing that you've learned from working within these host nations that there's got to be something from, you know, experiencing all these different cultures and all that diversity and operating in a, basically with different militaries. Have you learned anything interesting from that? You know, it's, it's really to stay humble. And, and going into a situation, you know, just when you think you've got something figured out from a past experience, uh, really means almost nothing. Uh, you know, you go into a new country or a new situation, uh, having to learn all the intricacies of the, that situation and the personalities and the people and the cultural sensitivities. It, it, it's always something new. And, and I, I find that challenge, that's one of the things that really I really enjoy about being in Kansas. I think that's a pretty powerful message. MWO in Kansas, pretty much at the peak of what a soldier could be. And now here you are saying that even you walking into these environments, you're like, there's something new to learn here and something still to grow when, especially perhaps the lower ranks, the perception would be that once you hit there, you're, you know, you're kind of on the decline at a certain point, but you're saying like, there's always something new to learn in these environments as somebody who's at your level, basically at the peak of that already. Absolutely. And like I've already mentioned, it's about staying humble. I've had to learn that lesson a few times, you know, don't ever, you know, drink, drink the Kool-Aid of, of how awesome I think I might be <laughs> yeah. uh, because really I'm, I'm not. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just all those experiences that, that Kansas has given me over the years. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier, Kansas is very busy. I wouldn't trade any of those uh, nearly 15 years for the world. I mean, it has been awesome uh, for lack of a better term. So here's another question. People get into a routine, especially if you're deploying a lot, and it kind of becomes a little bit of your identity and people enjoy it. But also, you know, there's definitely a risk of burnout. How do you handle that? Well, I have a very understanding wife, <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the type of people that are in Kansas, I mean, we, maybe it's cliche to say, but we, we kind of live for that. But I, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, you mentioned burnout. It it is something that we recognize, we know is a problem, and so we manage it, and we manage it very closely because the last thing we want to do is to burn out our members. Talking about assaulters and operators doing their careers in Kansas, we need to protect that, and we need our members to, to stay healthy and to have healthy uh, home lives, of course, as well. Yeah, absolutely, and that can be a tricky balance to strike. So after all this good stuff, here we are talking about why Kansas is great and all these adventures. How do you start? How do you get in? 
Well, I think the first thing you need to do is say to yourself, I want to be a part of Kansoff and, and, uh, and then put in your notice of intent. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Go check out the website and more information will be uh, listed at the end of the podcast. Yeah, the information will definitely be in the show notes. So listeners, feel free to check that out. So I guess another thing that anybody who wants to get into Cantonsoft is going to ask is, obviously, selection is very, uh, let's say, maybe not secretive process, but definitely it's it's got its own unique perspective that maybe not best talked about. But do you have any tips for anybody who's looking to apply and maybe getting prepared both physically and mentally for selection? Yeah, certainly. Look, yeah, two elements of it that you said right there, mentally and physically. I think physically, uh, you're looking for endurance. That is the the biggest word of advice for for being physical. And I say this all the time. It is 10% physical and 90% mental. So you need to mentally prepare. Uh, And look, I'm going to make no bones about it. Selection's going to (laughs) suck. It's going to be tough. And you're going to question why you're even there putting yourself, your body through that. It's that mental toughness that is going to see you through and, and really that desire. Like, look, this is what I want. I want to be a member of Kansoff and I want that more than anything. And, and that's sort of a, a key ingredient in, in that. You talk about mental toughness and, uh, you know, generally from like a physical fitness standpoint, it's pretty mechanical. You eat right, you hit the gym, you have a good exercise plan, you're going to get there as long as you do all the things. And, you know, even I consider like pre-deployment and deployment, how generally workup training is more challenging in order to like make the fight maybe a little bit easier. How does one stay mentally robust other than maybe remaining humble? I think it comes from desire. Anybody can train to be fitter. You know, tactical know-how, that can also be trained but you need to have the desire, that desire to, to want to be sort of the best, to face challenges, to not back down, uh, and to think. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, fast learning, fast thinking, uh, and just that mental toughness to say, look, I'm cold, I'm wet, this, this really sucks, but I'm going to get through this, and I'm, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going I'm to see it through to the end. That's the mental toughness that we're looking for. I think that's a pretty good note to end things on. Do you have anything else you want to add? You know, look, my time in Kansoff has been absolutely just, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. The, the experiences, you know, operationally and, and in training, it has been absolutely outstanding. I, I think, though, the, the, the biggest thing that I take away from is, is just the men and women that I work with uh, every day, just driven people that are just amazing. And it, you know, whether you're a salter operator, supporter specialist, one team, we all pull together, we all bring our, our expertise and our, our knowledge and our experiences together to, to be able to, to do the missions that we're asked to do. Uh, it just, even to this day, still amazes me. That was Merrick from Cansofcom. Hey, thanks a lot for being here. Thank you. And if you're interested in joining Cansofcom, Talk to your chain of command and check out the website in the show notes. I also want to quickly talk about the Canada Army Run, which is happening again this year in September. It's taking place in a virtual format, and you can sign up on armyrun.ca. Before March 31st, there's early bird pricing in place, and we have a super cool promo code, 5 bucks off if you use promo code CAP, like Canadian Army Podcast. It supports charities such as Support Our Troops and Soldier On, 
super fun experience, and it'll keep you in shape. As usual, I'm Captain Adam Wharton for the Canadian Army Podcast. Stay frosty. Bye.